Welcome to 5 Minutes in the Word. This is your daily podcast, which spends a few minutes exploring God's Word. We are continuing our study in the book of Acts, still in chapter 13, looking at verses 46 through 48, read from the New King James Version. Paul and Barnabas are about to respond to the Jewish opposition that they received after their second message at the synagogue. And according to McLaren, we can see the scene in the synagogue, the eager faces, the vehement gestures, the hubbub of tongues, the bitter words that stormed round the two in the mist. Barnabas, like Jupiter, grave, majestic, and venerable. Paul, like Mercury, agile, mobile, swift of speech. They bore the brunt of the fury till they saw that saw it to be hopeless to try to calm it, and then departed with these remarkable words. So let's listen to Acts chapter 13, verses 46 through 48, read from the New King James Version. Then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. But since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us. I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. Now when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed. Again, Acts chapter 13, verses 46 through 48, read from the New King James Version. I'll be back with insights and we'll close with prayer. Hi, this is Hope Scott. I am your host of 5 Minutes in the Word, a daily podcast which spends a few minutes exploring God's Word. Thank you for listening and following my podcast, which can be heard almost anywhere podcasts are heard, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms. Like and follow at Minutes Word on Facebook and Twitter. Again, that's Acts chapter 13, verses 46 through 48, read from the New King James Version. Paul and Barnabas have delivered the word of God. They were invited to go back to the synagogue. They went back. They, uh, the Jewish crowd, the Jewish, Jewish believers, the Jewish uh, worshipers were um, upset because there were so many Gentiles present at that that, uh, Sabbath day meeting. It says the next Sabbath day, the whole city came out to hear the word of God. And the Jews saw the multitude and they were filled with envy. So Paul and uh, Barnabas, they have to address this, just as any leader, any pastor would in that circumstance. They would have to address the opposition, especially if it's hindering a young believer. 
but let's uh, listen to what the commentaries had to say. Paul and Barnabas grew bold, and I just believe that was boldness that came from the power of the Holy Spirit. They became bold, they spoke boldly and openly. They were not terrified by their strife or alarmed by their opposition, so they weren't timid. You know how sometimes we just kind of um, slink back because we don't want to intimidate anybody. They were not intimidated by these uh, Jewish leaders who did not want the Gentiles to share in the gospel of of, uh, Christ. Let me go back to the commentary. There is a time for preachers of the gospel to show as much of the boldness of the lion wisdom of the serpent, and the harmlessness of the dove. So there are times when that minister has to be bold as a lion. There are times that minister has to have the wisdom of a serpent to understand what is going on behind the scenes. And then there are times when that minister has to be as harmless as a dove. When the adversaries of Christ's cause begin to be daring, it's not the time to be timid. While there is uh, any hope of uh, working upon those who oppose the message, they must be instructed with meekness. But when that method has long failed and didn't work, you have to become bold and tell them what the issue uh Find out, first of all, what is the issue? Why is there opposition? And then you still have to boldly stand and share the word of God. And again, I always have to think about missionaries who are out there doing this, doing that day and night in different places where, you know, there's hostility where they are. And they are still having to stand with boldness, trusting and having faith that God will have their back. And that those who are in power, that God will touch their hearts. But let me continue. The impudence of, of the enemies to the gospel, instead of being frightening, frightening, should rather embolden us. Now Paul and Barnabas, having made the Jews a fair offer of the gospel of grace, they are given fair notice that you didn't accept it. And uh, Christ said, that the gospel should go to the whole world since the Jews rejected it. And they said, and judge yourself unworthy of everlasting life. Behold, we turn to the Gentiles. They rebuked those who rejected Jesus, letting the Jews know that it was a privilege that they should hear the gospel first, that it should be shared with them first. And here he appeals to the Old Testament rather than to the command of the Savior because the Jews recognized the authority of their own scriptures. So he quotes from Isaiah, which speaks of the suffering servant's mission to the entire world. Paul applies this prophecy to the mission of Jesus' followers, and more specifically to the effort of uh, Paul himself and Barnabas. He essentially is making the connection between the prophecy of the suffering servant and Jesus and then proclaiming that the mission of Jesus is seen by the action of Jesus' followers because they're following his example. 
And then he, uh, once the Gentiles hear this, they are ecstatic. They are so happy. They glorified God. And uh, as many as were saved were given eternal life, eternal life for those that believe. The Gentiles responded to Paul's invitation with enthusiastic belief, learning with joy that God does not hate Gentiles. Remember, the Jews do. The Jews consider them dogs, but offered their salvation, offered them salvation in Jesus Christ. That such thing had been that such a thing had been prophesied concerning them ages ago. And that the way was now open to receive, to be received in the church of God and to admit them with all the benefits into the Messiah's kingdom without being subjected to the law of Moses. They were glad that they now had the door of faith open wide for them and they glorified in the word of God. And they were invited to share all the blessings of his grace and the knowledge of salvation. And many were ordained to eternal life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that despite everything that that goes on, in opposition to your word going going forth, that your your intended purpose and your intended purposes are always accomplished, even for those who are ministering in foreign fields, in fields where there's hostility. We know that it may seem like the, the, the task is daunting, that they're not making any inroads but God, we know that once they've planted and they planted in fertile ground and allow you to water and you give the increase. So they are, as Paul says in one of his epistles, that uh, one person plants, one person waters, and you give the increase. So God, we thank you for all of those who are out there in the field, in the harvest working to save souls. We thank you for them, Father. Praying for those who need you in a special way, Father. And thanking you in advance for answered prayers. Amen. Thank you for spending time in God's Word with me. Be blessed.